my tree. John's Joints, where John reads news stories. Today with the heavy animal slant. Underneath them, I will be playing lullaby versions of popular songs. Ladies and gentlemen, telling us why he's looking so sexy and presenting the best Bobcat story you're going to hear this year. Mr. John Senek. How did Swayze not do more music? I don't know. He was just so consumed with his acting. I mean, I hear this song, and this sounds like the voice and the the vibe of a man who should be one of the most revered musical artists of all time. And then you find out it's Patrick Swayze, and you're like, he just left a lot on the table. Most people think of uh, Point Break or Ghost or Dirty Dancing for me. His role in Donnie Darko is crowning glory. Medi Weight Loss, the medically supervised weight loss program. They have locations in South Tampa, Brandon, Lutz, in a new spot in Clearwater. So hopefully there is one near you. This has helped me in so many different ways. I've had an unhealthy relationship with food uh, for most of my life. I looked at food as a reward. It was something I looked forward to at the end of the day and not in a good way. You know, I'm a, the, the quadruple burger. The, the My order at Taco Bell uh, was astonishing to some. And that. I've just changed because I realized what I need to do to stay healthy. And when you get healthy and you start losing weight, you feel so much better. And the accountability factor is a game changer. I go in every week. I meet with my doctor. We talk about what's going on with my body. And we talk about how I can continue to lose the weight I need to lose. And they want to give bone listeners a free assessment. If you go to startmedi.com slash 1025, it's startmedi.com slash 1025 or call 877-MED-LOSS. When you do so, make sure you tell them that you heard John Senning speaking about it on Drew Garabo Live. Mm-hmm. So, Major, Major Biden, that is, uh, the German Shepherd that belongs to our president, Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, he's been attacking people. We've talked about it. Uh, he's had a couple instances where he is uh, he's bit people. So, that, that's going to be a problem. Um, and now Biden is being sent away again to undergo training after a number of biting incidents at the White House. The three-year-old German Shepherd was adopted as a puppy from the Delaware Humane Association in late 2018 and is the first shelter dog to live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. A side note to the big picture here. Will this is this going to do damage to shelter dogs? Like, are people going to oh. be less apt to get a dog from a shelter because they're like, ah, well, Biden got one from the shelter and this dog can't stop eating people. I mean, it's a German Shepherd, which they do. And, and I hate this for me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're not making it all about yourself. No, the, <laughs> what I'm saying, well, the people that got bit are fine. What are we going to yeah. do? We're going to hold a memorial for them. <laughs> but I've got I've got things with German Shepherds. I love dogs so much, but my whole life, German Shepherds and I have had a tumultuous relationship. Mm. My best friend Tim growing up had German Shepherds. They had to lock them in the other room because they wanted to eat me. I was once attacked by a junkyard dog that was a part German Shepherd. So I'm just saying, this doesn't do well for my relationship with with German Shepherds. I'm very sorry. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Just think of me every time you hear of Major Biden. <laughs> I will uh, now. The off-site private training will take place in the Washington, D.C. area and is, and is expected to last a few weeks. You know, 
Fox News, you can you can say they have a bias, but when it comes to the hard-hitting issues, they get the people that we need to hear from, and that is why last night uh, they got the one and only Caesar Milan uh, to discuss what is going on in Major Biden's head and whether or not it's uh, <laughs> whether or not it's uh, the owner or the dog's fault. Uh, here's here's Caesar. It's crazy. The dog has been put into a new situation where he's very unfamiliar with his surroundings at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He needs familiar things, and that's why he keeps biting everybody like crazy, like they got liver snaps or kibbles and pissing their pants. With no exaggeration, have you heard this clip yet? I've not. Okay. Well, you know, animals do react uh, from the energy and the environment, uh, but this is uh, a, uh, a perfect example of not having a safety protocol to introduce dogs into the White House, it. right? So it, it's mm-hmm. the same protocol for any house. It's just accidents happen because there's no safety protocol. So we can't blame the dog. That's first. The first thing we have to understand is we can't blame the dog. We have to take full responsibility of how to introduce a, a dog into an environment first, and then introduce the, uh, the dog into the new people. So he gained the trust, the respect, and the love. Then you have harmony. Then you have to introduce the dog into the new people. You say, dog, these are the new people. And dog, this is the new environment. New environment, please meet the dog. I love Caesar Milan so much. If I get sucked into a Caesar Milan uh, marathon on Nat Geo, oh, yeah. it's what's up. He's he's. I think he's a good guy. I don't think there's too many oh, uh, demons cool. in his closet. I well, think he's in a porno. Yeah. What was it called? The Ass Whisperer. <laughs> Sometimes he's a little uh, he's a little aggressive with the dogs, but I think sometimes when you have to show your dominance, sometimes you gotta nip them in the neck with your little. Tss. You hit them. We just a little. Oh, man, we. Uh, I think society as a whole has a fascination with serial killers. Uh, clearly, with the rise of true crime podcasts, there's there's something to it. Do you think that years and years from now we'll be able to look at this generation of infatuation with crime, crime podcasts, crime documentaries, and it will breed an entire new genre oh. of killers and criminals that oh. have, have almost been trained by listening to how all of these other people got caught or didn't get caught? Uh, I was thinking there'd be more detectives. I didn't think more like more serial killers, but you might be right. Well... We could have a serial killer situation. Depending on the headline that you read, uh, something is afoot in North Carolina. Police in Charlotte, North Carolina, have issued a critical warning as of last night after two transgender women were found dead in hotel rooms. Officials have characterized the death, which occurred less than two weeks apart, as homicides and believe they could be connected. Rob Tafano, who's a spokesman for the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department, said at a news conference that uh, community members should remain vigilant while law enforcement seeks answers in the killings. Some of the headlines in North Carolina are reading serial killer targeting transgender women. So, I mean, depending on where you get your verbiage from, that term is being thrown around. Tofano said a transgender woman who he identified as a sex worker had been found shot dead in a Charlotte hotel room earlier on Thursday morning. Tofano said police were aware of the woman's identity, but said uh, he would refrain from revealing her name as her family had yet to be informed. The homicide comes on the heels of Jada Peterson's death. Peterson, a black transgender woman, was found shot dead in a different Charlotte area hotel on April 4th. Authorities identified Peterson, 29, as a sex worker, uh, which her relatives and friends later confirmed to the Charlotte Observer. We haven't had a serial killer in forever. At least it got the national, yeah. the eyes of the national uh, media. Did did the Ebor killer, 
I, I kind of forget. Was everybody in the country talking about that? Because that was insane. Seminole Heights. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Seth, yeah. Seminole Heights. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, and, and I think it may be since then that the as far as the national media um, latching onto a serial killer, probably that. And then before that, maybe even the um, the sniper. Oh, the D.C. sniper. Yeah, which yeah, is with a, the sun, right? Which is an insane, so insane, insane story. Uh, keeping it somewhat in the same theme, if you're looking for something exciting to watch on Netflix, I didn't finish it last night, but I will say it's, it's highly recommended. People are reacting to the Why Did You Kill Me documentary on Netflix. And uh, according to this article for the Daily Mail, fans are divided over the mother who used a fake social media account run in there. I'm giving mild spoilers here, so just oh, be warned. All right, fine. Mild, mild. Um, it all has to do with a mother of a, of a killed woman, murdered woman, a mother of a murdered woman. Uh-huh. Uh, she enlists her young niece to start up a MySpace account in 2006 to infiltrate the 5150 gang oh. in L.A. to try and find the man that killed her daughter. So uh, at the time, she was 14. This 14-year-old girl created a sexy profile on MySpace to try and meet gangbangers. Uh, and, and I won't tell you where the show or the movie goes, but uh, oh, is, this the, uh, is this the preview? Yeah. Yeah. It's a rocking track from the 5150 album by Van Hagar is what it is, John. No, I don't have the preview. Uh, well, for a second, it sound, the beginning of that really yeah. sounded like the beginning of a murder documentary. It did. Highly recommended. And then maybe after you watch it, we can uh, we can really debate whether or not it's okay to enlist a 14-year-old uh, to get into gangs. And- 5150 gang. That's what dreams are made of. What's the 5150 gang? That's like the psychiatric hold. Yeah, no, they're they're a very uh, they became prevalent, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s in the mm. California Riverside area, uh, in L.A. Riverside area. Yeah. And they were just terribly violent and uh, murdered a lot of people during that time. And nice. there's just this entire MySpace community of all these gang members. And this 14 year old girl creates a fake account to make these gangbangers think that she is one of them. And then. You know, I don't know how far it got with some of these guys, but she was chatting these guys up, like catfishing them at the age of 14. These are grown men. Man. So, I mean, sometimes you got to do drastic things, but it seems questionable. I'll watch it this weekend. Alligators in Florida are synonymous, especially this time of year. But Florida's wildlife agency is reminding residents to be on the lookout. For crocodiles as well. Not alligators? For crocodiles as well. In a new public service announcement, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission points out that the once endangered American crocodile is rebounding. With as many as 2,000 crocs now living in the wild and all of them are in Florida. While alligators can be found throughout the southeastern U.S., the crocodile footprint in the U.S. is generally limited to South Florida, though they have been occasionally spotted as far north as the Tampa Bay area. 
that makes Florida the only ecosystem in the world where alligators and crocodiles peacefully coexist. The FWC says conflicts between humans and crocodiles are rare because of crocs' low numbers, but also because they tend to be more reclusive than alligators. However, the FWC's new video points out several safety tips to make sure Floridians stay safe around crocodiles. All right, not alligators. Not alligators. You know the difference between the two. It's very easy to tell the difference. Well, the snout and the color. Oh, well, there's that. What are you going to do, flip it over and stick your finger inside? Oh, gross, no. Uh, One of them will see you later, and one of them will see you after a while. Keep your distance. These are the, no offense to the FWC people, but like these are the most basic rules to keep you from not being eaten by alligators. Uh, Keep your distance, swim in designated areas, keep your pets on a leash, never feed crocodiles, and dispose of fish waste in proper ways. Um, Dispose of fish waste in proper ways? So do you want to, I mean, I know you already know, but if if you're curious to truly know the difference, crocodiles, grayish green color. Fourth tooth on the lower jaw exposed when the mouth is closed. (laughs) Narrow, tapered snout. And the young are light with dark stripes. Alligators. Would you say an alligator's black? I don't feel comfortable answering that question. Well, the FWC says they are. Only upper teeth exposed when mouth is closed. A broad, rounded snout. And the young are dark with yellow stripes. I'd love to see a crocodile. Yeah, I would too. Um, just you know, if you if you think you have to stick around to tell the difference between the two, probably just distance yourself regardless. Yeah, no, 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 no need to get too close. But yeah, um, yeah. they could both kill you. And I I believe that this usually happens later in the year, and I'm not a professional, but it's probably not a good sign that warnings are already being issued that could affect your weekend beach plans. If you live in Sarasota County, officials have detected low levels of red tide in the waters around the area. Officials said. This has no relation to the leak at Piney Point. On Thursday night, the health department warned those in search of the sun and sand to be aware of red tide. Beachgoers may see signs um, about this pop-up on Friday. Red tide was found along nine beaches, including Siesta Beach, Nokomis Beach, and Longboat Key. According to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation, red tide is a harmful algae bloom that in large quantities can give the water a brown hue and can affect your uh, breathing. If you th- if you are worried about red tide ruining your weekend, what that mouth do? So, you know, I wonder if I'm being irresponsible by bringing up stories like this next yeah. one, but I really just want and it's from it's from a, the Mississippi uh, the local Mississippi NBC affiliate, but really I bring it up to pose a question. We were told earlier this week that the, that they are pausing the J&J because there were seven people that were affected. Yeah. And, and, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that it was seven women. You're right. That's what we were told. That's what we were told. So this story from the uh, from the NBC affiliate in Mississippi reads as follows. When the news broke about the pause of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine Tuesday, one family was already living with the tragedy they believe was caused by the vaccine. It started out as a normal day for 43-year-old Brad Muldry of St. Martin. The busy father of seven spent the morning in his Dibberville office before heading to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine a little afternoon. He returned to work, and within three hours, co-workers noticed he was unresponsive at his desk. The man was rushed to the hospital and diagnosed with a stroke. A blood clot had lodged in his left middle cerebral artery. Jesus Christ. The man's boss said the family believes without a doubt that the vaccine caused the stroke. In a statement, they said he's a young, healthy 43-year-old. And I immediately thought it, and I said to be sure to tell all the doctors that he took the J&J vaccine, and to me, that's what caused his stroke. 
So they're they're supposedly researching it. But that's now two stories this week where we've heard of separate instances, and and I and I bring them up only. To pose the larger question, was that number of seven outrageous? Right. <laughs> and and, and is, why doesn't this guy get why doesn't this guy get added to that number? And do you just get the number once and then you never get an update on the number? Because what if that number now is thirty two or or something else right. higher of the people that had the J and J and and who even knows if the J and J is going to come back at this point? Uh, yeah, I'm not telling anybody not to get vaccinated. I'm just saying I'm very glad that I did not get the J and J vaccine last weekend. What I'd a, be freaking. What a, what a, yeah, what a crazy. Uh, the way that all went down was yep. just crazy. And you have to wonder, you know, without digging into it, you know, there were other things that happened over the weekend, I think, that had sent you down that road. So imagine we don't do that and that thing doesn't happen. Oh. And then you get just the, the the road that led you ultimately to not get it, uh, you know, is interesting. Right. Another day in America and another mass shooting. The man who killed eight people at an Indianapolis FedEx facility was identified as a local 19-year-old. As police revealed, there are a significant number of I never know how to say this. That's S-I-K-H, the religious group. Is it Sikh? Sikh. Sikh. Uh, Community members who work at the targeted site, according to reports. Um, Authorities are still scrambling to learn why he opened fire with a rifle at the plant uh, near the Indian... Indianapolis International Airport, killing eight and wounding five others. Another report uh, only said Hole had his potential for violence were known. It was known to local and federal authorities. I don't know what the exact breakdown is, but it feels that that most stories that are coming out now after every shooting, whether it's a local police officer, whether it's a federal level, that somebody somewhere knew this guy was, was a danger. Right. So... When does that start mattering? When, when we're trying to figure out how to stop this from happening, when does there start being some accountability for all the other entities that failed in this process? Because if, if, if the cops know, I know you can't watch the guy or arrest him for a crime he didn't commit, but when we're trying to think of solutions, proactive action to stop these people who are feared to commit a crime before they do it, that seems like a good place to start. Yeah. See something, say something, right? Federal agents on Friday were seen hauling evidence, including a large box and computer equipment from the man's home in a neighborhood on the east side of Indianapolis. Neighbors said more than 30 law enforcement vehicles arrived at the block Friday morning. Uh, He did kill himself um, during or after the shooting. So uh, Indianapolis Police Chief Randy, uh, Randy Taylor noted that significant number of employees at the facility are members of the Sikh community, although it is unclear if that had anything to do with the shooting. If you're planning a murder suicide, please don't do it. But if you have to do it, do the suicide part first. Thank you. A former guest and friend of the show taking another leap into politics. A former porn star and Los Angeles billboard model who drives a pink Corvette has reportedly thrown their hats into the ring to succeed California Governor Gavin Newsom in a possible recall election. Mary Carey. A former adult actress whose real name is Mary Cook said she has big plans for California. In a statement, it is time for someone with a new attitude from outside of mainstream politics to lead. I can promise you it won't take long before all Californians will be satisfied with my job performance. So I don't know her and I don't know enough about this. That's my girl. Well, I know. Is this is this a it's a stunt, right? Is that offensive term? Uh, I think it is offensive because I think she takes it very seriously. Well, she's using sexual innuendos in her statements. Well, that's it. She knows what sells. You know? Well, I mean, you're not going to get elected that way, though. You can ask the poll workers. Californians will be satisfied. We should get her on and try to and, right. and talk to her about it. Uh, get her off, but. 
Well, you know, that's but you know, she wants to be taken as a serious. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, I'll reach out. Go ahead. Carrie, who starred in flicks such as Dirty Angels, welcomes to Los <laughs> Angeles. Previously ran in 2003, recall election replaced Governor Gray Davis, but insisted that her inspiration at the time was a publicity gag. Uh, in a statement on her bio, the stunt worked out far better than I'd ever hoped for. As Mary's bubbly personality and sense of humor about herself, her profession, and the campaign itself um, endeared her to the California public. I mean, she's... She could... I don't know how much porn you can do and then try to segue into the mainstream, but she's bubbly enough and personable enough that I think that the mainstream could fall in love with her. Oh, yeah. I just don't know if she's done too much porn. Uh, I don't know. She, I don't think she's done that much porn. But it's been over the span of many years, oh, though. Oh, yeah. She's so nice. She's just a nice lady. Yeah, I wonder if there will ever be a true crossover porno lady because we've never had one or no. porno man. You can try, but... Everything else that you're going to hear today, and there's good news and there's bad news in the world, but it all leads us to this moment right Hell here. Yeah. The suburban neighborhood had a wild morning. A harrowing 46-second home security video of a bobcat attacking a man's wife has gone viral. <laughs> Everything about this video is amazing from the beginning of it to where you can really capture uh, the innocence and the sweet nature of this man and the neighborhood to when things start getting real crazy real quick. Um, I retweeted the video this morning at the John Senning. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, here is the audio of uh, a man saving his wife's life from a bobcat. It's amazing. I may have to replay this first line a couple times just to catch the vibe. Good morning. So it's from the ring doorbell camera. So it's not the greatest sound quality ever, but he's talking to a jogger that's running by as he's about to get in his car Uh, to paint the picture a little further. He has a drink in one hand and what appears to be uh, some baked goods in the other. Good morning. He's talking to his wife as she's coming to the car from the other side. And she has... She She's has a, a cat carrier. Yeah, a cat carrier. So I'd imagine there's a there's a cat. Um, I wanted to see if this verified that. There's some sort of animal on a cat carrier that the wife is carrying, and then yeah, it, it's about to get real. You can hear it. So I feel it's important to note that at this point, the man has ripped the bobcat off of his wife and walked into the middle of their yard where he is holding the bobcat up by one hand, looking at it right into its face. When you hear him yell, it's a bobcat. It's a bobcat. He's looking at it right in its eyes and holding it. You don't want to just throw your average like stray cat. Right. So he was just making sure that it wasn't some feral cat. Yeah, well, Because, yeah, that's what happens. After that is a, ch- a ch- I can I would only describe it as a chucking. He chucked it. Just this. This is also one of my favorite lines. It's a bobcat. Take Do you think? I mean, in that moment, would you? I mean, would you? Would you hop on a bobcat? I mean, it's what it's it's what we do for our loved ones, I guess, right? I do it for little poops. 
I think about it. We have a bobcat in our neighborhood. Yeah. No lie. Female bobcat. And I know that when I'm walking little poops, if uh, she's a little chihuahua. And if the bobcat were to see little poops, I'd be in a position where I'd have to defend little poops from the chihuahua. I'd, I'd throw a bobcat for her. Well, I mean, it's more than just throwing it. You've got to – because that, that's the other thing. I, I haven't heard of any injuries that uh, mm. that this these people have – Received. Didn't look like they were bitten or scratched. Well, I mean, he's got to be. Scr- I mean, what do you think that bobcat's doing to him when he's holding it in its hands? Peeing gotta- all over him. Uh, TMZ is reporting the attack happened in North Carolina. Oh, so take your shirt off, whip it around your head. Yeah, yeah. I'm all burnt up. Seven two seven five seven nine one zero two five. Let's come back and talk about the amazing details of this lottery winner. From Lando Lakes, who went to the Publix on Nebraska Avenue, not that Nebraska Avenue. There is something so fascinating about him that this is worthy of some discussion. He took the lump sum of like $180 million. And I think what we're about to say will shock you, but I, I would be very surprised if you didn't feel the same way next on Drew Garabo Live. The email of the day to Drew at theboneonline.com reads, Dear Drew, do you think that Steven Stamkos will be back in time for the playoffs? My answer to the email at Drew at theboneonline.com is uh, uh, no. I think he may be back for the playoffs, but Coach Cooper from the Tampa Bay Lightning said today that Steven Stamkos would not be back before the playoffs. Thank you for emailing Drew at theboneonline.com. You know the email of the day is protected by Mimecast. Safeguard your organization against phishing, business email compromise, and risks of ransomware. Visit Mimecast.com. That's M-I-M-E-C-A-S-T.com. It's Drew Garabo live on 102.5 The Bone.